guys. Welcome back to Deconstructing Damsels with your host, Jessica Hannon. And this is a very special episode. This episode will discuss prim numbers with um, Courtney from Cult of Domesticity. And it's part one of two. Yes, you guys get your first two-parter in this podcast because there were five stories and there was a lot to say. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I would maybe not have little kids around if I was advising because (laughs) sometimes it goes borderline and I want to make sure everyone's safe in the car. And I also wanted to thank my patrons, Carrie and Dee. You guys are helping so much by paying for this and, and contributing because it actually pays for us to get books like numbers. I actually got this about four months ago, five months ago, and then all the hoopla happened, so we couldn't do this, but that definitely helped pay for it, and it helps pay for the hosting. So, thanks guys, and I hope you enjoy the show, because we had fun recording. So, we can finally do this. Yay! It's only taken since March. I know, right? It's like, you know, <laughs> reading reading the wrong book didn't help on my part. My bad. Then COVID didn't yeah. help. Yeah, and then the whole like miscarriage break didn't help either. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's been a couple months, only like three months. That's all. It's fine. The weather has severely changed in the time. <laughs> It's now very hot here, (laughs) which is perfect for this book because you're already going to get very, very hot in a different kind of variety. (laughs) Yes. So I I looked up and so we're discussing. Okay, so first of all, hold on. You are. Oh, hi, I'm Courtney from the Cult of Domesticity. It's a history and true crime podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we've been talking for two hours about life and things and catching up which beats last time which we talked for five hours then realized we read the, like, like we didn't read the same books <laughs> this is what adhd people do when they don't really have a guiding point of movement and covid so we both don't have schedules right now so exactly <laughs> and like We've just been kind of like staring at two different sets of walls for a very long time and reading. Yeah. Lots and lots of reading. Oh, we've already discussed all the books we've been reading. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I had, don't, don't forget my last episode. I had like an entire thing of everything I read. And I still forgot like half the books. Um, <laughs> and I already had like 15 books on the list. I have read over 100 books in quarantine, guys. Wow. I, I couldn't do that. Even with my reading, I couldn't. I, it, it would interrupt my time of watching 90 Day Fiance, so I, I can't take that away. Because like, I, I, I don't get it over here, because in Germany, obviously, we can't get the current seasons. But God bless YouTube. Oh, yes. So, so I've been watching a lot of it on YouTube le- lately. And I'm like, I can just skip the parts I don't like, and, and I can just go, whoop, back, whoop, bye, mm-hmm. whoop. Bye. That's what I've been so doing. You're watching 90 Day Fiance and reading romance novels. I'm making bread and <laughs> reading romance novels. Oh, oh, and animal and animal and animal videos. I've been watching a lot of animal videos on YouTube too. How do you not, if you're sad, watch videos of puppies? Well, not even just that. Like I watch all the rescue videos, and like I've discovered that there's a couple 
that are like really great. There's one called Animal Safeguard, which is in like Southeast Asia, and he, like he rescues little puppies. Yeah, it's like I'll I'll have to find the link and put it on in the show notes. And also, there's one um, in Romania, and then there's one in Serbia. Those were not where I was expecting. Right, and then of course there's ones in LA because it's LA. But like the the ones that I'm finding around the world are like way more interesting to me because it's like secret mission. Yeah, and then like the and then they get adopted around the world. Like a lot of the animals get adopted around the world. Like the ones from Romania and Serbia can go all the way to like Canada or the U.S. or like Norway. And like, of course, there's like Taki Shelter, which is a Greek place, and there's just like all these great videos watching these animals, and I'm just like, it makes me happy to watch them be happy. You gotta watch Selma Hayek. She loves adopting animals, <laughs> and her husband told her she cannot adopt anymore because they have so many. <laughs> and there's an interview she does where she's talking about how she was, it's like she picks them up when she's filming, like, so she'll take them back to Mexico with her. <laughs> and she found this dog. So she decided to pretend, instead of telling her husband she adopted a dog, that she was having an affair. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and she has, like, he goes, she, he's like, I have something to tell you. He goes, you didn't find another dog, did you? And she just broke. She couldn't do it. She's like, yeah. But she can't it's, help it because they need help and they need love and they need attention. And you can just. She has like 20 animals. It's like a lot. Like I get her husband. Like that's. And like it's not just dogs. It's like dogs, cat. Like you'll have to send it to you. But it's funny because they're like. It's a motley crew of animals that she has. And I get her husband being like. Oh it's like. um, is it The Wallflower the wallflower Wager by Tessa Deere. Have you read that? No. Okay. So it's set in the Girl Meets Duke world. And in that. Uh, Penny Penelope. Um. She has like a whole menagerie of animals and like from random places. Like one of the birds was like a bird from a brothel. So like inappropriate Obviously. things will be used. Yeah. And then there's like like um I think there's like some weird like three legged animals and like an otter <laughs> and all these things that like she's found along Why the way. Why not? And then she's got like the goat and the goat is pregnant and like there's a whole scene with like the three like the three like high high class guys are like helping this goat <laughs> deliver the baby and so you gotta read it like if you don't read any other book in that series you have to read that one book because it is fantastic the other book in the series has um the hero that does nothing but curse and shakespearean insults i love this already yeah that's the duchess deal and then there's um the wallflower wager ah there's another one in the series i can't remember the name of it um it's about a it's about a, a woman that owns a clock setting business and so she so she goes around and she like sets all the clocks with people oh no um, that's the gov- that's the governess game i think is what it's called yeah and then the bride bet was been moved back to the next year because uh tessa Deere had some some issues and so they've moved it back a little bit on the the coming out day but like the wallflower wager is amazing i'm looking it up on goodreads because that's how i track everything yeah it's like it's it's fantastic. It just it made me laugh so hard. I always love that. Oh wait, the Wallflower Ranger. I'll add it to my currently reading because that's how I track books that I'm actually going to read. I just have to <laughs> sit down and do it because if you know if you put it in your want to read, you lose it forever. Oh yeah, because there's what? Let's see how many. My want to read has two thousand one hundred ninety three books. <laughs> I don't have a problem. I I I have a lot of books in mine but the problem is is um 
I kind of have them in there because I forget to take them out when I read them. I forget to rate them, and so they keep them in there. And I'm like, wait, I read that like a year and a half. Oh, I like a start, Kindle. But then, but then I start reading it again. Yeah, I've got the Kindle app, but the, but the problem is, is I forget to do that because I move on to the next book because I get bored. And that three mm. minutes that I have something else to do, <laughs> so my hyper focus says, no, no, get a new book. So I get don't it. scroll all the way to the end to rate it. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas I'm like, scroll all the way to the end. Let's read the like little excerpts at the end and see if there's another one you want to read, even though there's 30 other ones you've taken from the library. <laughs> you know, I, I I buy a lot of books as a free books. Yes, because like you, I learned so many new authors that way. Like I found so many, or I would get like the really good deals, like um, Faded Mates and Learning the Tropes. We're talking about uh, no, not Faded Mates. Um, I think it was uh, Heaving Bosoms talked about The Prince of Broadway by Joanna Shoup. I think that's how you say her name. Um, and she's like, I loved it. And I was like, damn, I should have been writing about that, but I forgot I read it. I literally forgot I read it. I was like, I read mm-hmm. it at the beginning of quarantine. And I'm like, right, I remember that pink book cover. Mm-hmm. And I, looked, I, was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I read that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I listened to, so I listened to episodes of a book I read and they had to remind me I read it. Yeah, I'm probably I at that point it. right now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, right. Covers. Covers are a thing. That's the only way I can remember anything. And when they change the covers, I'm like, don't do that. I, I will say the book, the collection we read, I loved the cover. I didn't know exactly what I was getting into, but um, what is it? Prem numbers. Like it has like fire and then just like silhouettes. And I was like, I kind of like, it's different. It's different. Yeah. I, I like that too. Cause like, she's got a lot of Indian people and you don't really see a lot of stock photography for Indian characters at all. Yeah. And it's like simple. Cause sometimes a lot of the simple ones are like some jewelry or like a guy's abs. <laughs> oh God, the jewelry is like a Kate, like a Cat Martin. Like mm-hmm. she was really famous for. Like that, all hers look like that, and you were just like, I don't. I'm not. I'm not but what does it tell me? What does it tell me? Unless they're using these for anal beads, what are you telling me about this? <laughs> I like it when I read one and there was like pearls on the cover. And the main female protagonist was a Southern Belle. So it was like, it kind of made sense, like, to have the pearls. Like, and it was kind of about, like, her rebelling against, like, her hair, like, her upbringing. So, like, pearls made sense once you read it. But, like, right off the bat, if you, if I just, it's like. Was, it rem- was that, like, Susan Elizabeth Phillips' uh, Ain't She Sweet? No, it's the okay. Infidelity series. Oh, okay. The first one, I, it I found it on Radish, and then I got really hooked. <laughs> and uh, let me see. And then I discovered I had the first book for some reason. It's a uh, Aletha Roaming Mermic. I don't know. It's, it's a yeah. So Infidelity series. There's five of them in it. The first one is Betrayal. But here, wait. I'll pull it up. Can it, well, let me show you the. Oh, well, I have to fix it because I've read them all. So now Kindle's being a bitch. <laughs> go. You, oh, wait, no. you you have to love Kindle and all its gory, not glory. Just gonna there we go. No, no. <laughs> oh, it's oh wait, there we go. So it's ah, it kind it kind of makes yeah. sense. It has like it's very simple, but like you get like it's gonna be like there's gonna be like some high class. It's gonna be dark, but it reminds me of um Sylvia Day uh, is an author that. Had that when she was doing a lot of the, the books for, um, I think it was Cosmo, and I did have like the summer reads or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And so you'd see those a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you you would see those, and you're just like, it's like a pair of shoes or something. And I'm like, it's a pair of Louis Vuittons, but what does that tell me? So at least hers tell you something. Like when you read or it, dog you're like tags, weird. Yeah, it'll be like, oh, okay, like it, like the first bit, like you kind of figure out, you're like, oh, okay, she's a Southern Belle, like the it makes sense, and then there's like control issues, so the pearls are like like kind of more of a choker or chain mm-hmm. and yeah you're like okay that yeah. makes sense but yeah. yeah and there was like a little bit underneath it so there's like a little tagline so i'm like if you're gonna do simple you got to get a good tagline because otherwise people are gonna look at it and just glaze over and move to the next one yes i agree because it's like some of them some of the covers just some of the places. covers i laugh at them a lot i I did show I you. I try not to because it's like I try not to because it's like someone put a lot of work into that. But sometimes they just don't convey anything that they need to convey. Unlike the Laura Lay ones that we I showed you, the braid oh, yeah, series yeah. with the yeah, lion, yeah. which we were totally talking about. Because, dear listeners, I read like ten of those books when it was still being printed on like the original press. So before, because before Berkeley bought it. It was owned by another press, one of those other small presses oh, okay. in like the early 2000s and late and mid 2000s. So like I, I remember buying those books, like buying the, the actual physical book was very expensive because it was like print on demand, basically. Mm. And so I'd, I'd reading them and I like so I know the ones you're talking about. I preferred the Berkeley ones over the other ones because I was like editors. Editors are nice. This <laughs> is why you pay more for books, guys. Exactly. And don't be that person when you get a book for free and then complain because the editing's not good because <laughs> you got that for free. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, that's my biggest pet peeve when you read like you get the free books or whatever and then you read the reviews and someone's like, they needed an editor. I'm like, maybe this is their first book. Maybe they don't have money for an editor. Maybe this is their side hustle. Don't judge them. They wrote a book and guess what? You still read it. So <laughs> that's on you. And also, like, okay, if you think they need an editor, then why don't you volunteer your time to, like, do a basic line edit? Yeah. And then you can be listed as their editor on that book when they do the second copy. And then you got something on your resume. (laughs) Well, we're really antagonistic towards this, but it's, like, my biggest pet peeve. No, but I get it. Because it's... It's, I, it's the thing. I know because like there's some books that I just put down because they're free and they need an editor so bad. I'm just like, okay, I'm like 50% done with this book and I just I can't do anymore. It, it has to go away because I'm having some Cassandra Clare issues and I need to make them go away. <laughs> oh, you mean the fact that she had a the brother sister issue, but that became a non issue? <laughs> that kind of issue? No, more like the fact that, like, she basically filed off her fan fiction and called it Mortal Instruments. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's like, there was, there was, like, editing issues because, like, I would read it and I'd go, but Clary was doing this, like, three pages ago, but yet she's doing this. On... But she said she couldn't do that three pages ago. But now she's saying she's been doing it for years. This makes me sad as a reader because I'm like, I don't. Like, My brain like, hurts. Well, and, like, my whole point of this podcast was about, like, you know, how women are awesome and, and how their character arcs, you know, go through the books and stuff like that. And I'm just like, but that means there's no character arc, right? Yeah, and that one a bit. Yeah. Because, like, I because I read it. Like, I, I reviewed it years ago on a Goodreads account I don't even use anymore because I lost the account information or whatever. 
And so, by so random like pings that tell me <laughs> that I'm still getting like comments about it from like you know 14 years ago or whatever it was made. And basically, I just called it out on a lot of stuff. I'm trying not to be very mean about Cassie Clare because I know she has fans, but she's still Cassie Clare to me. Yeah, and like it's also I'm sure she's grown now. I'm sure we hope. <laughs> what we want it's been years, but yeah, it's sometimes it just you just can't. But and should we actually we... <laughs> Yeah. Should we talk we, about we... the I mean, we've already got another 20 minutes of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But like, I mean, it, it kind of relates a little bit because like prem numbers has got such a variety Yes. Of of like topics and everything else in it. Like it's not just one specific thing. Right? Like there's like multiple genres from like science fiction to like political to um like a triad to yes. you know, other ones in between. So it makes sense that like, you know, everything kind of relates back. There the paranormal sci fi fantasy one um kind of relates to the Laura one a little bit because of the the dangers and and the yeah. and the mating. There's part no of it. barb though. No, thank God. Uh, <laughs> You'll have to read the books to figure out what we're talking about. But we're referring to Laura Lee. Laura <laughs> Lee, not in this one. Not in this one. There's no barbs just, in this one. Just to clarify, we're talking about Laura Lee right now. Um, but yeah, like it's it's a wide variety and I'm I'm sorry I'm gonna say the name wrong I think it's Suleika Snyder I am so sorry I I know I follow you on Twitter and I apologize like you told me how to say it but I my brain just still doesn't I'm I'm awful with names I'm sorry yeah I'm gonna say that straight up front because I'm I mean I'm pretty sure I just said Joanna's name wrong too so if that helps (laughs) I mean people saying my last name wrong I get it yeah your last name is very distinct yeah it's slovenian and most people try to make it more slavic than it sounds (laughs) but it is what it is my poor brother's wife (laughs) double it's double m it's double m (laughs) oh man oh it's yeah Uh, my i had friends for years who didn't know how to say my last name so i get it it sucks but can we go I can understand that one too because my 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 husband took my name in part because it's easier for me with paperwork, but also because I can say my name. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Like his last name is not difficult, but it's just like it's got the umlaut and all. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm never gonna remember the umlaut. There's gonna be so many characters in there and accents and yes. till days and just all that. Right. I'm just gonna make it easier. Okay, so. Do we want to go like, by story? Yeah, I think we can go by story because I I don't know if I put my story notes in order because I was just like making them. I just have my Kindle highlights, so. Yeah, I actually I have like I put mine in like a an actual like document. Oh, you're because, fancy. Oh no, it's because that's the only way I can learn. <laughs> it's, like, I might have done up. that. <laughs> and I've just forgotten. <laughs> I only know because I know me. Um, I know that in her service is the first one. Yes. Yes, I love that one. It's that such one was a good like, one. Oh my god, that one was like one of my favorites in this entire series. Like, I wanted to like cuddle that story so much because it was so damn good. Like, it was the utopian world in so many ways that I was just like, yes, please take, yes, give. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
do you want to do a summary of it? Oh, I did do it. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so like I actually didn't summarize this because I'm awful about that. Um, but basically, it's the vice president Letty, um, who is <clears throat> she's in like they're going into their like end of their first term, their first like term, and then they're yeah. kind of like going to the second term. So she's got to deal with like that the repercussions of like running again. And she's the vice president, a uh, black woman, and she is the vice president to a white woman as the president. So it's like yes. this huge utopian world that is like anti-world on fire right now and i want to say she wrote it at like right after 2016 i think is what she said um so it was i think it was like in there in the the i think i read that somewhere um it was kind of like her utopian world of of you know what happens um 2019 actually oh wow i thought it was earlier than that um so like i loved this story and i like the fact that she's in her 50s like she's older yeah, she's she's not like thirty and a vice president. She's like put a lot of of time and effort into building up this reputation that she's got. Like, um, I appreciate the fact that she was, and she had like a really strong first marriage too. Yeah. So uh, like, and she, it, it doesn't like make it go down. She doesn't degrade the marriage at all. She yeah, loved no. her husband deeply, and it's that never changes. And that's such a strange thing to find on on things now. Yeah. So she was first a lawyer and a community organizer, two terms as a congresswoman, speaker of the house in her third term. It says she fought for education, equality, prison reform, and then gets asked to be the running mate. So, like, it's impressive. And she's, like, the first black woman as a vice VP. Yep. Um, Also, she's her, it's a secret service kind of thing, and he's... He's Muslim. I know that. I can't forget. And he's that. Indian. I think he's, he's Indian. Indian. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and it's just like, it's such a good... Yeah, he's an Indian-American Muslim. I only know because it says in my notes in front of me. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like... And it's like not like, oh, they met right away and fell in love. Like, he talks... Like, there's a bit where it talks about how hard he worked to get to the other side of the door. And mm. I was just like, oh, my God, it's so cute. And he's younger. He's, like, quite a bit younger, too. He's, like, in his 30s, yeah. Yeah. I was like, get it, girl. Get it. Get it. Because, like, get it. she's near the same age as his mom. And, like, that mm-hmm. creates a little bit of an issue, too. But, like, it's not a bad issue. It's just, like, a, a family, like, okay, this is a little bit odd. But I really enjoyed the the way that worked, right? I, I just, I enjoyed the whole, the whole setting that the, she gave the story. It, it feels realistic somehow, too. Like, yeah, her... Think- her internal conflict really worked to me. Yes. And you could see the, like, he was working really hard to, like, woo her, but without being, like, openly wooing her because mm-hmm. he was really intrigued by her brains and loved her. Like, he loved for her for who she was, not like, oh, I'm going to take care of you. Um, and, you know, you see all of, like, the conflicts of it going public and what, what you're going to do because think about it, then it would be your vice president is a black woman married to a Muslim man in America. So like, And he's Indian. So he's and also... he's Indian too. Yeah. It's like um but a Desi and so there's a lot of, of many comments about Desi men especially. Mm-hmm. Not happy. Yeah. yeah. And they do get married and like they still have this like wonderful relationship. Mm-hmm. And you know 
it's pretty hot. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was. It, like, it was really good. Like their relationship was. Their their heat together was amazing, I thought, because it felt like they respected each other as partners, but also as people, like, yeah. inside and outside the relationship. And you read it every time that, like, he would come in and he would, like, have her some water by the bed or, you know, he would, like, you know, rub her feet or whatever he, you know, whatever she needed to, to make her feel centered because that made their love life much better. Yeah. And, um... Like, even though he can't be, like, her secret agent anymore when they get married, he still, like, takes charge and, like, makes sure everything's good. And he just wants to make sure she's safe. And I'm like, oh, it's good. There was such a good scene. And, like, there's one scene where they talk about, I think it's near the end, and he's like, um, Letty Grin stopping in the middle of removing the enormous chandelier earrings loaned to her by Cartier. You stare at me like you're making love. You know that, right? Because I am making love to you, he confesses without hesitation, with every look, every breath, every cell in my body. That just gives me, like, goosebumps. I know. Because it's so, like, genuine. Like, you feel it from him and her, and the way she's written these characters are so strong. Like, the, they're so well-developed. Yeah, and even though it's it's not very long, you get this such, like, for all of them, you get this deep sense of everyone's motivations, their struggles. It's mm-hmm. like, I've read longer books where there's less development and you're still sitting there being like, I don't understand why they're doing this. And especially in this one, you understand both their hesitations. You understand, like, what it's going to take to, like, for them to get over it. And then when they do the time jump, you're just like, awesome. I get it. Like they're still working on it. They're still being strong and they talk about it. Um, and you can like really, really see like they grew together in the time mm-hmm. jump, like as a couple, as people. And I believe they end it like um, that, like someday soon she's going to announce her president candidacy for president. She's going to win. She's going to thrive. And so will the nation. And it's just like, and it, but because one of the key lessons she's learned from the past four years from this man in her arms is that giving yourself to a cause means get, that means everything to you is nothing short of an act of love. And you're just like, "Mm." Uh, I know, like, this is why, this is why I love the author so much. Um, She wrote a short story called Tika Chance on Me, as in, you know, Chicken Tiki Marsala. Um, She's like, she's like, she embraces her Indian identity. And I appreciate that. Because it feels authentic. It's not like diversity writing, you know, like yes. writing to fit a, to, to hit that tick mark. Like everything she writes, you can you can see where her different cultural um, and like her embracing of it and her sometimes her. It's the understanding. It's yeah. that understanding you don't get unless you're in that culture, like you grew up in it. And that's it's it's comforting because we're two white women. Like, right, exactly. You know, I had never been to an Indian wedding until a couple of years ago, like, or a Muslim wedding. But I like knowing people I know, it's just like, it does, it feels natural. It doesn't feel forced. There's none, no stereotyping. It's just two people that happen to be of different cultures, which isn't a strange relationship, but we don't get it very often. And we don't and, get it authentically very often. And done this well. Yes. Because that's the thing is, all of these are done so well that, like, even if they're of different ethnicities or different species of the later one, you feel that authentic yep. where it's like, these are two re- well-developed people 
and nothing seems forced, which let's not lie. We've all read some of those romances where you're like, either the character development's forced or like if they are of different races, it feels forced. Yeah. Like there's always... Like they always, it like sometimes there's like that unnatural of like, oh, your friend. Da, da, da. It's like this. It seems like he's like, yeah, there was some issue, but like he brought like there was cultural things brought in that he's like, what is it? Muhammad's wife was older than him, mm-hmm. and like stuff that if you weren't part of that culture, like that quick remark or something like that would have gone completely different, you know, like the way it was written, and the fact that like in in that like in that comment like was his mom his mom understood right away and was like okay i got it like there was no you know da 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 like you see like on like like i said i watch 90 day fiance i watch it for the train wreck because i am like i am an immigrant like now i'm an immigrant in another country i'm a white immigrant so i have a lot more status ability and and access than you know someone else would because that's a whole thing that's been going on in germany and conversations mm-hmm. going on right now but you know it it's different when you're in that space and when you're from a different cultural background and trying to understand another one again, like, you know, Germany and the U S are Western countries, but they have very different cultural values and certain things in certain ways. And so it's very interesting to see how that works within two, two different cultures, but two different age gaps as well. Yes. Like it's a huge generational thing and it's a huge other thing, but it works really well, I think. I think she did yeah. a really good job of balancing that that community that they made within themselves, even though they're part of larger communities. Yeah. And I like that it was the man being younger than the woman for once. Mm-hmm. It was a nice change because it's always the girl's like twenty five and the guy's like forty. And I'm like, I'm in my late twenties. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know if I believe this. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it'd and be always, nice, but I don't like know an, if I believe it. Well, it's always an ingenue 25-year-old, too. It's never, like, someone that's, like, struggled really with her life. Like, it's always, like, the bright and perky with the high breast and the, you know, nipped-in waist and the... Not the one who just sits in her apartment alone eating a Domino's pizza? Damn it! I knew I was missing something! <laughs> Well, you'd have to be able to go out in your state, so there is that yet right now. I'll sit on my front porch and eat the pizza. Does that count? Like, people can totally. see me. Totally. You have a porch. You can sit there. You can eat your pizza, and you can just watch these people walk their dogs. And you're just like, not going to be talking to these people. Yeah. I don't have a porch. It would just be like opening the front door, and it's the street. <laughs> but that's fine. It's fine. It still works as a front porch. Yeah. You can put You can put your chair in front of the door. So you put it in the door space, and then you just you can have full conversation. I can throw I can throw pizza at the guys that <laughs> lure them in with like a fishing line and go <laughs> be like an be like an episode of Animal Crossing when you get the fish. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Someone please write this romance novel now about my life that's not happening. <laughs> Love in the time of quarantine. <laughs> well, there are quarantine romances being written right now and being published, so. I have a friend who started dating during quarantine, so I know a couple couples that have started because of quarantine. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm not getting COVID. I don't trust you. Exactly. I don't see people every day anymore. That guy could abduct me. I don't know. <laughs> no park visitings for you. Nope. Um, no, no, no meeting in like, you know, Walmart's parking lot because it's an open space. 
would meet Walmart. That would definitely get me murdered. They could buy all the supplies there. To to be fair, this relates to her because in her book, Take a Chance on Me, there is an episode. There is a whole sexy scene in the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> Between Has she characters. been to a Walmart? Have you seen yes. a Walmart Yes, park? she's she's from the Midwest. Yes. It must be a nice Walmart parking lot because I mean, sometimes there <laughs> no, are nicer. That's, no, that's, oh. the, that's the whole point. It's not a nice Walmart. Well, as long as it, I mean, as long as it's okay, I'm gonna have to read this now. It's because I've been def- on me. I've been praising it for like two and a half years, two years now, something like that. Yeah, My, the Walmart parking lot near me. No, thank you. It's um later in the book. She's so lovely. It's Lovely's cousin Pinky that they reference in that story. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love that's my favorite one. I'm not gonna lie, the last one's my favorite one. But (laughs) see, my my favorite one is probably in her service or um well I have three. Uh in her service, have a little face, and the X Men one. We can we can rank them at the end. We'll list our favorite or in the order. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I don't know which one is the next one in the order of the book because I just kind of wrote my notes in the way that I wanted. The pick up pick me up. Yeah. Did did you like this one? I actually kinda did. I should mention, I read all of these while doing my laundry at a laundromat. <laughs> so, like, in between, I'm, like, in my car or just sitting in the laundromat. So, I just want people to picture that. Like, this white girl waiting for her work shirts to be washed. <laughs> reading this. I should have mentioned that earlier, but that's that's the truth. Like, I legitimately read all of these when I did laundry. <laughs> I had time. Um, I can understand that one. Uh, this is, yeah. like... I, I didn't like the romance, but I liked the characters. Does that make sense? Yeah. I thought they were good characters. So there's Alejandra and Khan. Yep. And they meet in a bar. A dive bar. like A dive whole... bar. Basically, it is boy meets girl. Drink, guy's drinking with his friend. Um, basically, she's drinking there, like, pity drinking, I think. Mm-hmm. And then she makes a comment. They kind of hook up in the alley. They go back to his place and hook up. And then become friends. Yeah. It's just like, she just needed a quick, like, lay. And, you know. She needed an endorphin run. <laughs> yeah. I did, like, what was the... His friend was teasing him about, like, um, basically hooking up. And then he she goes, I'm pretty sure he has plenty of hot air left to blow up his date. <laughs> <laughs> And she's not sitting, she's like sitting at the bar near them and just like blurts it out. And I was like, yes. That's what I love about the, like, this is, that's what I love about Snyder's writing. She does such a good job of like giving her character such like a um, distinct voice. Cause like, like Alejandra is nothing like Letty and it's nothing like no. Lovely. Like, no. completely different backgrounds, completely different everything, but it really works. I thought. Mm-hmm. I, I liked Alejandra as a character. I, I thought she was really, um, I can understand her kind of worn downness sometimes. Yeah. Like her, her her feeling like completely like she was missing herself somehow. She's tired. She's done with the world. She just needs some drinks, some excitement, some dick. Um, Which, hallelujah, so many of us do. She got it. <laughs> exactly. So, but it's just so fu- I mean, and their banter. I really like their banter. I thought they had really good back and forth banter because like she embarrasses herself with that and then she's like, I'm going to go. I've made my situation worse. And um, yeah, and they, I forget. Yeah, it's just, 
when it was, it's clearly like a dive bar that they go to, like it's a community dive bar. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like the locals. It's, yeah, it's it's like it's like um again, take a chance on me. Uh, there's a dive bar mentioned, or not a dive bar in there, but there's that idea of of some of that. Um, and that Pinky's family owns an Indian restaurant in, a, in like uh Indiana, mm-hmm. in small town Indiana, and so but you you get the same feeling of um the dive bar being where you can kind of go get and see the the people you don't necessarily want to be around the unsavory types but this doesn't feel like that kind of a dive bar yeah it's somewhere between like cheers and a dive bar i think it's like it's it's that local bar it's not pretentious like you can go there and get like a three dollar beer and just like sit at the bar the bartender knows you because you probably went to high school with him and there's some pool tables and Nobody will really bother you, but if you want to talk to people, you all you know everyone in there, so you can talk, make small talk. Or if you don't want to make small talk, you don't make small talk. Everybody yeah. knows that bar. Exactly. Like, it's <laughs> my my mama got. She used to go to a dive bar, like Southern dive bar. So like the movie Roadhouse mm-hmm. was basically her kind of like bars in the early in late 80s like it was the same bar it's it's, it's kind of like gotten a lot nicer it got a lot nicer but um the chicken wire was removed anyway so <laughs> but like it doesn't feel like that kind of a dive bar which is really nice you know it feels like kind of like, like a mix of a pub and uh like a local like hangout and like visually for whatever reason i was seeing it as like um there was a couple of episodes of um uh kitchen nightmares where like they went to these um like uh I want to say like it was a Mexican bar, I think, mm-hmm. and it, it was like kind of like that dark wood and all that darkness. But yeah. then for some reason, I kept seeing like also the like the clocks and like the movie cocktail, you know, like those stupid weird like Bud Light type, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the, 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 like I saw those on the wall as well. And that's yeah. how I was imagining the atmosphere in this bar. It reminds me of this bar that we would go to after work in Cincy, and it's like. I mean, we'd always be there at like midnight, eleven thirty midnight, because we when we got off in the bar and our work closed. But it's just there's some booths, and then there's a dark bar, bar, and that's like and some games and stuff, and there's like a bunch of liquor and beer paraphernalia, and that's it's like it is what it is. There's some basic bar food, and that's what you got. Yeah, it's not trying to be anything else, but you can go there and get like reasonably priced drinks and craft beer. And like you're like whatever you need, like it's, it's that kind of bar. It's very um. I'm trying to think of the word. It's like, did you ever watch the show Bar Rescue? I love that show. That guy's so angry. Yeah. All, okay. I'm, all the time. So I was imagining like those dive bars and that too. Like a lot mm-hmm. of that atmosphere. Like you know the ones when they went to I think they went to like Tennessee and it was like this like long room that was basically like, supposed to be a bar or whatever. So I was imagining that with like you know yeah. the smoky density and you know. Like, so for every reason, I was seeing Bar Rescue in my head. What did you think about, like, their sex scenes? I I thought they were hot, but I wasn't really inter- inter- interested in the, like, romance of the story. So I didn't really note yeah. that much about it. It was, like, a good one-night stand kind of deal. Yeah. Like, if the book was long, like, if it was a book, you would expect them to meet up later. Like, they had a really good one-night fuck, and then they're like, oh, my God. Right. Um, but, but, I also, mean, but we also got to the point they were not. friends afterwards. Like they yeah. went from being like fuck, like uh, one night stand fuck buddy to like 
a friend without the fucking involved. Yeah. It was just like, you needed a fuck. I mean, granted, like, they... Literally, they said, you need a fuck, so... Yeah. Which I kind of liked that that it was that. It wasn't like, we're gonna fall in love. It's like, you know, sometimes you just need a dick. I can be that dick, and I'm a good person. And sometimes sometimes you need a therapist, and I can be that person, too, while I've got my dick in you. Yeah. Because, I mean... There, that was the funny part. They're like mid fucking and like having this conversation, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. Are but like they like- also had, they also knew each other before a little bit from being in the same dive bar, so there was that little yeah. bit of connection too. Yeah, and she's like, he kind of was giving her out, and she says, "Take me home." And I was like, I love that agency and consent. Like, hey, if you were gonna do this, let's do this, and you know. They go to back to his place, and he. Uh, I just love the while while he's like pounding into. It, he goes, "That's it. That's it. A lo- that's a love. Just let it happen." Because <laughs> basically, she's so in her head. He's just like, "Let's go. Just let it go. Let it go. <laughs> like, like let like like stop thinking and just feel and 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 get the moment you need to be better." And they had like two rounds, I think. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, you know. The first time she needed to relax, the second time she was ready, like... She knew what to expect, so she was ready to go. Yeah, and I thought it was... That's what I liked. It was shorter than the other one, because there wasn't as much development. It was kind of just like, you know, like a we've quick. been saying. A yeah. quick, a quick, dirty, one kind of fuck with two good characters. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a paramedic, because he didn't want to go to, to school for all the doctoring. <laughs> Which I can understand. I wanted to be a vet tech because I didn't want to go to school for all the vet stuff. Yeah. I'm not judging him. It's a good job. <laughs> I well, agree. St- still a lot of schooling, but a lot less than being a doctor. Yes. Uh, do you have anything else uh, for that one? Do you think? I don't, I don't think so. Because that was, I think that was maybe the shortest one in the series. Yeah. I think that was one of the shortest ones. Yeah. It packed a punch, but it was short. Yeah. Which is... Like I said, she's really the the author is really good. Um, Suleika, 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 um, she's really good at at making you feel whatever she wants you to feel in that moment. Like sometimes she has imposter syndrome, uh, and I'm just like, please don't, because you are unbelievably talented as a person. Like, please do not think that you need to have imposter syndrome because you do not. Yeah, because those were two very like the first two stories. I remember like reading I don't I think I read the first one then like two weeks later I read the second one I was like this is completely different mm-hmm. but I still love it and every story was completely different from another story like there was the the cohesion seemed to be mostly the um the acceptance of self but not necessarily the acceptance of the romance which I really liked like there was an overall arc I thought which I appreciated from well, getting from that what perspective. you need and figuring out what you need within yourself, like about yourself exactly. and accepting doubts and stuff. Yeah. So then we have have a little faith. Which is one of my favorites. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was good. It wasn't my favorite, but I, I think what I liked the most was I, I liked the um the Arcee. Arcee, I guess that's how you'd say her name. Um I, I really like how she was like no bullshit with him. Like he was yeah. doing like, you know, the because it's basically based on Bollywood. Yeah, so, like, Ravier like, is a Bollywood actor. He's like, what is it? Um, he's like, he's only playing like one role, but it's like he's playing a holy man. So he can't really be seen doing other things out and about. 
because right. it'll break the illusion. And I was like, that sucks for you. Right? Because he's like in his like 30s, I think. Late 20s, early 30s, I think. So he's like young enough that he wants to be able to go like to have like a quick fuck and walk away and not have to worry about it and not be seen as like, you know, being an ungodly man. They had the best uh, quote was, he is more the vampire he's been forced to become off screen, filled with dark thoughts and darker impulses. And I was like, ooh, I got chills. I know, right? Because he was like such a, he was such a twisted character. Like, um, the, the Anne Bishop has a book series called um, the Black Jewels trilogy, and or now it's the Black Jewels World Universe or whatever. But the she she calls it the Twisted Kingdom. Like that's the embodiment of the Twisted Kingdom. Really, is like that that way that you know that he was feeling in that moment, and the way it was just kind of like kept going up and up and up. And I loved that. Like I. I love the fact that he was having to work through his shit through their, like, meetups and fucks. Like, yeah. And she was basically his therapist. Yeah, because uh, Anthari, it, he met her first in a bus terminal in New York City at, like, 6 a.m. And he, so he go, basically they become Mile High Club members together. Uh-huh. Which I enjoyed. Is it the Mile High Club or the Kilometer High Club? <laughs> I was like, it's so dumb, but you know, because he's Indian, so they use like the metric. He's just, she's just making a joke. Uh-huh. Um, so, and yeah, it was just like, and she didn't knew, know who he was, so they would just meet up, and like, she he appreciated that he just they were in it for like the sex and kind of just being together yeah and she wasn't treating him like a star or like this guru and i thought it was really sweet and no pressure either like the relationship wasn't a we're gonna end up married we're gonna end up you know completely like it, it doesn't end in that way it's like obviously it's a happy ending because it's i mean it's a romance but the it wasn't the end goal on the story the story was not that because it's kind of implied you're gonna get that anyway yeah, it was, it, it was more focused on like how you deal with what you are and undoing who you are. And I also enjoyed that she's a feminist scholar with an mm-hmm. English PhD. And he goes, she talks and I don't always understand. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so I thought that was really, really sweet because, you know, their relationship was multifaceted. It, came, it started with for one thing and then it, it it leveled up on so many things. And I forget, did they get discovered? My notes ended. Um. I don't know. They don't get discovered. Yeah. Um, it was... It's he he ends up the whole Bollywood ends up losing. He ends up losing the role, I guess, is canceled or whatever. And so he can mm-hmm. move on. But like they they end up doing like they did the whole shady thing for however long they've been. Yeah. Shady being literally in the shade, not being bad. Just <laughs> literally at nighttime. Yeah. Right. And then. But here's one. The one thing that I loved was. um. She goes, I think you like it, she accuses when they pull apart to breathe. Being pious in public and a freak with me. The uh, paradigm of the virgin and the whore Indian serial edition. I thought that was such a strong line. Oh, yeah. I I really appreciated that because I I don't know a lot about Bollywood. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a lot of Bollywood. But I, I appreciated the, as someone who's from America, I understand the soap aspect of it and the reverence of people playing some of these characters right like there are certain actors that can do no wrong like anthony gary can do no wrong <laughs> because people like luke spencer 
right? And so I, I get that that level of of weirdness. Hero you know? worship. Yeah. Or they and, can't separate the the actor from the character. You see which, that a lot. Oh, Jim Sterling. Um uh YouTuber Jim Sterling, he has an episode about that. It's called like I can't remember what it's called like the inane person or whatever and he's talking about the people that were angry that like Abby from the Last of Us had strong arms and that wasn't realistic or whatever and all the death threats and stuff they got. So I, I get it. Like you can get it from that level. Mm-hmm. Like you you understand if you're on social media you understand exactly what he's going through though. Because it's like TMZ times like ten thousand in his world. Yeah. And I feel like Bollywood it's a lot more intense than we realize because I don't know what their laws are like. I know in Los Angeles they have some stricter laws. I know in the UK they have like pretty strict laws because it's problematic. But again, I don't know in Bollywood like how in depth they go and how hard they go. And it can really I mean, we see it in Hollywood and other big film industries. And I know Bollywood's had problems with this, too, where actors can't take it and they complete suicide and, like, the pressure and all of that. So it's good that he at least had this out and he got out of that character. But, like, like, we all understand that. We have all seen that stress and that pressure on people to be that perfect image that the public sees them in. And And now When Disney used to do that all the time when we were growing up, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that was whole Disney's thing. Like, think about Miley Cyrus. Like, yeah ignoring the problematics of her for the moment just she had to be that straight lace girl until she was out of the contract or you're going to end up losing your job or whatever they're going to end up and you're going to get you. like yeah you're going to get sued your broken contact that's why when people were like she was freaking out it's like she can finally be herself we don't know if this was her right. like the, the previous her could have not been her but yeah and, and um, i guess that feeling was him that yeah that that erasure of who he was because of who he played yeah he wasn't a person he was a guru now he was the character he had no but he was nobody else except for when he was with her he could be himself and that that's why it was one of my favorites was because i think as women we can understand that because we're used to having to play how many different roles in our life like you you can only be one thing for one person you cannot be multifaceted yeah so i so i understood that really a lot and, and it, I appreciated the 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 aspect of breaking from that, literally, literally like breaking out of it. And I like that it was for once the man in that role again. Like you feel like it would normally be the woman in that role, and the man would save her. But it's it was interesting to see it as the man was the person who needed to like deal with breaking out of like what society thought he was, and the woman instead of like saving him just kind of lets him be himself. And I think that would be more interesting to see even role reversals. Like say the woman's trying to break out of the shell and the guy's like, you can just be yourself with me. Yeah. And I think that that's definitely, I think that's another thing that like the author does really well. She's like, she takes those tropes and just subverts, (laughs) subverts them. And twists them. Yeah. And like, and she creates a whole new landscape with those little twists here and there. Which is why I, I I wanted someone to read her work so much because I thought that people were missing out by not seeing the depth she offers with what she writes. Everything yeah. she writes has such strong point to it. It's like it, you see exactly the world she's creating just by – and you can visualize it. Sometimes when you read, mm-hmm. you can't always visualize. You're visualizing the 
the sketches of it, but you're not visualizing everything. But you can see him and you can see her and you can see them in the dark rooms and the conversations they have. And, you know, mm-hmm. when when she leaves and he leaves and you can you can see how they work. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, then we have our sci fi one. Yeah, a sort of fairy tale. Yeah. So we have Crate um, and she's an Indian. Uh, I guess she's like a she's poisonous and they she refers to herself as a poison dart frog so people can't touch her at all so and like she doesn't secrete it and it doesn't manifest in her sweat or her spit or her cum according to my notes here from the book um she is just poison every inch of her is toxic um it's called a bishkona i think is how you'd say it uh and, and it's an indian it's an indian mythology I didn't so, know that. That's interesting. Yeah, like it's. I, I think. Well, I don't know if it's entirely Indian, but I think that's where she got the basis of it. Because I was. Because if you read the book, you can. And I mean, if you read the story, you can see where he went to all these places that had in deep Indian influence. That's pretty much like the one thing running through most of these stories is mm-hmm. her Indian. Because I think again, it's it's where the author feels secure in knowledge of her culture. Yeah. But like, if Uh-oh. you read it, yeah, because it's like they talk about like going to like Nepal and India and all these other places to. I think it's based back in the U.S. too. I think that's where they are. Yeah, Um, somewhere in the was it the South? I think it was maybe Louisiana. I was there. No, I think there was a. Oh, he was from Louisiana. That's what it was. Yeah, I think they're in the desert or somewhere. Yeah, but they're like a special forces kind of misfit group, and very X Men Avengers type. Yeah. Yeah, and then so she trains, and then Archer, her her like kind of love. But they couldn't really do anything because she's poison, um, which says a lot. But yeah. it, he's coming back. And so basically, you know, she's like, why did he come back? I forget. Um, he had been gone, I think, for like uh, years. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Because if you remember, she kissed him and he, he got really sick and he had to go away. Yeah. And he had to heal. It took him a long, long time to heal. Yeah. So... There's nice, uh, like, fighting scenes when they get back together. Because they, they tell her, because they're like, she's like, I gotta go get my shit together. I really just love that. She's like, what is it? Three hours from now. Three hours to get her shit together. Three hours to arm herself against his copper eyes, his perpetually flirt, flirtatious grin, and the broad length of his beautiful body. I was like, I like, you're just like, I'm gonna go mentally prepare myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, go, go do some religious work. Go talk to whatever god I need to talk to. Maybe have some drinks. I don't know, but whatever she needed to do. Yes, and and that was like that was what I liked about Roe was Roe was very self assured as well. Like mm-hmm. she was vulnerable in this, but like you could tell with with her boss and with you know even her other um, fellow X Men. Yeah. Um, you could definitely tell, yeah, because like it's it's obviously like does you can see the influence, but like you can tell that she's very good at her job. She knows what she's doing, but with relationships, is like the one area she's very because she is poison. She's like I can't do anything. I can't, like so anxious and wrapped up because she she'll hurt whoever she likes. It, it reminded me a lot of and my notes. I said hi, Rogue. Um, it reminded me a yes! lot of Rogue. <laughs> When she kisses the ice kid. Yeah. 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 Ice man, I guess his name is, but yeah. Or, or even like when she touches um 
Wolverine in the first movie, like you can see, yeah. you know, and so you you get the feeling that this is that Roe has got that 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 ability of knowing that she can't get anything done even though she needs to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she and she obviously loves like she obviously loves him and she cares about her team and she cares about doing things, but she keeps herself in a box because she knows she can literally touch them and kill them. There's no way she can even like say, you know, get a hug from someone when she needs it. She yeah. doesn't have that, that, that human contact that she obviously very much needs. Yeah. And I did enjoy, they showed his side as well. Like seeing her before he talks to her and talking about, um, so still so untouchable, except you did touch her. You did hold her. You did kiss her and it damn near killed you. Yep. I was just like, yes. And up, uh, I found it. it's four years. He had been gone four years. So, yeah. um, a, I think it took like what was it like eighteen months or something just to get like basically out of the coma and mm-hmm. and then he went and traveled the world trying to find solutions to their problem because he wasn't giving up on her. And I so love that about this this piece because mm-hmm. like like she, I understand her in many ways because I have the same instincts of. When I get hurt or when I, but moreover, when I hurt someone, I shut down because I feel such deep guilt over, over doing that to someone I love with such depth that Mm -hmm. it it makes me freeze off because I don't want to do that again. Like I would rather them hate me rather than me hurt them knowingly again, even or especially unknowingly. But like, if I know I can do something to hurt someone and I've done it, it, you feel that immense guilt. And I understood that about Roe. And and I also understood how David wanted to help take care of her, right? Like he wanted to make her strong and make her feel complete. Yeah, and complete, like within herself. Not even like for him, just for her to love herself and to accept herself. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate it because like, he like they're they're meeting like I think they're in the kitchen, and um, so she asks, "Why are you asking why when you know?" She demands, "Because I almost killed you once, and the next time I might succeed." And he responds, "That means there's gonna be a next time." He point out he points out as gently as he can. You pu- pushed me away, shoved me clear across the world, but you never let me go, did you? And you're just like, mm, he knows you still like him. So. And he know, and he knows that that connection was so deep, like, mm-hmm. and he's. I love his confidence too. They're they're really good confidence match. I think. Oh yeah, I did enjoy um, that. Like when he, what did he find? Uh, tea. He has to drink this tea, and it basically he has to drink it every day. Mm-hmm. And um, basically. So they can, he can touch her. No one else can touch her, but he can. Mm-hmm. So, because he actually went and found all the like the sisters and all, like he went and did all the legwork and the research mm-hmm. to to let her know and to give her the chance to find ways of finding her roots by going back and finding solutions. Yeah, and I did like her response when he tells her about it. They just gave you the secret of the secret of Emerita, which is the counter agent to you a guy off the streets an american and i was just like "Mm, that changed (laughs) yep uh but he ends up you know they end up going going ham so and it ends with like and i love you and he like basically declares himself to her 
I thought it was really sweet. He, like in, in the story, I like the fact that he was playing more of the feminine role rather than the masculine mm-hmm. role. I, I appreciate that because I think it really balanced out her her aggressiveness. Yeah. And I don't and I don't mean that like negatively to the listeners. I don't mean that like she was just really aggressive because that's what she had to be. She was literally trained to be an assassin. Like that was her job. So she didn't know how to be vulnerable and weak and and not be a different kind of toxic. And if she like the one time she wasn't, he almost died. Like, that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. she tried to withstand him, but when he tried to kiss her, she almost killed him. So she's like, I can't be vulnerable. I can't be this kind of feminine. I have to be strong. I have to be aggressive and push people away from my personal space. Mm-hmm. And To um, save them. Yes. And she, I like that she climbs into his lap and, like, demands that he kisses her. And, like, kiss me back. And you're just like, yes! Girl, use that aggression to get what you want mm-hmm. to be show you can be aggressive and vulnerable at the same time. I loved mm-hmm. it. I love that I, aspect. I, I, this is like, I love the story so much. I thought it was like a really strong telling of what was going on. Yeah. Of like, of romance, like when you have to like compromise and find, find middle points, even when you don't want to or how you can. Sometimes it takes the other person doing the work to help you get there. Yeah. It was really sweet, which and is I not like, my favorite. <laughs> I know it's your I, favorite. It's just not my favorite. No, but like, but I like the I liked the um the X Men type. You know, like I kind of felt like she was reminding me a lot of like Jessica Jones as well. Yes, very. Like she's been broken, so she's not gonna show you that she's actually like one of those porcelain dolls who's been painted back together. Exactly, and you can definitely feel it in her and, and the way she's like so brittle at times and like like, short with people she's like short and yeah and she hides the brittleness with aggression and snark and yeah yeah i i just i loved it i thought it was a really strong um that was a really strong commentary on the world around us too Mm -hmm. how women can actually break down and have someone there to catch them when they do yeah you don't always find that nowadays no, that was a different kind of story. Okay, so thanks for listening to the first part. Part two will be out next week. And I hope you'll come back because I'm having fun having guests. If you guys want to appear on the show, if you guys want to see and write and talk and do all this kind of stuff with me, let me know. You can find me on Twitter at Damsels Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram, which I kind of forget I have. Same with Facebook both also damsels podcast my email is damselspodcast at gmail.com just you know put something so i know what you're asking about and we'll discuss i would love to have my listeners as guests it's pretty cool getting to interact with you guys we also have a patreon at patreon.com slash damsels podcast i seriously try to make this as easy as i could and i'm really looking forward to next week and giving you guys the conclusion of the two-parter again i'm kind of awesomely glad that we had this and just thank you guys for listening if you guys want to rate and review the podcast on itunes that'd be great i'm really happy when i see that and i'm going to start reading the reviews coming up in the next couple episodes so if you guys want to get on on that that would be great see you next week or rather 
converse with you next week. Bye.